Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a look back, just for a few seconds, to our very first episode. Have you ever heard of benzodiazepines? No? What about non-benzodiazepines? Theanodiazepines? Hmm. Okay, okay, I think I see where my mistake is. Let me start again, okay? Have you ever heard of Valium? How about Xanax? Ambien, Ativan, Clonopin, Lunesta? Yes? I thought so. Now we're on the right track here. These all are considered benzos, a group of drugs in the benzodiazepine, non-benzodiazepine, and theanodiazepine classes. A group of drugs, also known as anti-anxiety drugs, sleeping pills, minor tranquilizers, or even sedatives. Benzos are some of the most popular medications ever created. And they've been around for a long, long time. Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Hello there, this is Dee, and welcome to Wait For It. You know what's coming. Wait For It. Episode number 100 of the Benzo Free Podcast. (laughs) That opening there was a clip from our very first Benzo episode recorded over three years ago. Kind of crazy, isn't it? It's, It's crazy to think I'm still doing this and that... I'm eager to sign up for more, but I am. I love this podcast. I love you all. I don't know. It's it's who I am now. It's the new me. It's the new D. And it's good. So how are you doing? Wherever you are out there listening in your apartment on the east coast of the United States or in your home with your family somewhere out there in Iowa or Louisiana or overseas somewhere in the UK or Switzerland or on a whole other continent. Where are you in your taper or in your withdrawal or or are you? Are you considering it? Or have you finished it and you're just trying to deal with the consequences that you found yourself stuck in? Wherever you are, I hope that these hundred podcast episodes may have helped your journey a little bit. Maybe not all a hundred of them, if you haven't listened to all a hundred of them, but, but maybe some of them have helped you along the way. And if that's the case, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Before we talk about number 100, there's a few things that have been going on around here that I want to mention, if that's okay. First of all, You may have heard this already. I sent out an email to our email list. 
I also posted this on the front page of our website. So if you want to go check it out, you can go to the website. I'll also put a link for this, of course, in our show notes. But the very first article for the benzodiazepine survey from 2018 and 2019, which some of you may have participated in, was published on Monday of last week, April 25th, 2022. It is titled, Experiences with Benzodiazepine Use, Tapering, and Discontinuation, an Internet Survey. And it's published in the journal Therapeutic Advances in Psychopharmacology. And it is my very first published paper in a medical journal, which is a little bit cool, I have to think. This is the very first in a series of papers on this benzodiazepine survey, as I mentioned, and that was initiated by Christy Huff, MD, who's director at Benzodiazepine Information Coalition, or BIC, and Jay McCubrey, PhD, who's from USC. I do also want to note and give a great thanks to Alistair J. Reed Finlinson, MD, and Peter R. Martin, MD, both from Vanderbilt University, who were authors on this paper and were just incredibly amazing to work with. And of course, Bernie Silvernail from the Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices, who sponsored this work and is leading the charge to get it published and is tireless in getting these papers out and so many other papers that the Alliance is working on. So much great work um, from them and so much great work from Bick and Christy and JC and Nicole and that gang over there. These groups just blow me away every time I get a chance to work with them. Um, and of course, also all the great work from the the um, Benzodiazepine Action Work Group that um, I co-chair along with Dr. Alexis Ritfo. So just so many good things happening with these organizations and so many other organizations like um, Benzo Warrior and other ones that we're, you know, tying into. And, you know, Benzo Buddies is still out there doing good work. And there's just so many people and so many work groups and so many discussion groups that I can't mention them all. And I'm so grateful that they are out there trying to help. But with these research papers, I just want to say that I am honored and humbled to be part of that team and just so proud of the work that everyone's completed. Again, if you get a chance, please go check it out. Also, in case you haven't noticed, if you're subscribed to our Benzo Free YouTube channel, and that is that I've been loading some more of the archived or what I call archived or older podcast episodes onto YouTube. Should only last another week or two and then that's done then you'll only get notifications about the new content. So I apologize for that. Moving on. Okay. So back to 100 episodes. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I have no idea how I got here. It's still mostly a blur, as is most of my my life. It's just kind of the way it works. But you, you, you made this happen. You all are the heart and soul of this podcast. Your questions, comments, and stories make this podcast. Your emails and feedback are literally what has kept me going year after year doing this. And I am so eternally grateful for all your support. I never thought in a million years I would be here at 56 years old, writing a book on sedatives, building a website about anxiety and anxiety meds, and, and hosting a radio show. That's what... That's what I would have called it back then uh, on medicine and, and mental health <laughs> and love what I'm doing every day. I never thought, I never dreamed of that because I never even thought that that was a possibility, but that was something I'd want to do or it's just life happened and here I am and it's good. 
You know, one of the things I noticed when I was posting the archived episodes of the podcast on YouTube, as I mentioned earlier, was how many people wrote in and said they've never seen this episode or or that one. These are these are from a year or two years ago. And so often they say, oh, I never even knew you did that episode. And, and it made me wonder. So I thought I'd try something here. I'm not going to um, go back and do too much retrospect on this episode. I tried that once at the 25th episode and it didn't quite work. Plus it was a lot of work going back and getting clips from all the old episodes and trying to make something out of it. So I had a different idea this time. I was wondering if, what if I just walked through the titles of the last 99 episodes right here, right now, starting with number one. Released on February 20th, 2019, episode one was titled what everyone should know about Benzos. It's a good episode to start with. It makes sense. <laughs> Hopefully, it was helpful to people. Number two was my Benzo story, where I shared the accounts of what I went through. Number three, four, and five were each managing the fear of Benzo withdrawal. It was a three-part series just focused on managing the fear of Benzo withdrawal. Number six was dependence, disbelief, and the doctor dilemma. We all know that one. Number seven was the Ashton Manual, what it is and why should I read it? Number eight, an introduction to benzo withdrawal symptoms. This was the beginning of a 14, well, 15 part if you include this one. But after this were 14 more episodes all on benzo withdrawal symptoms. Yes, there's a 14 part breaking it down into the 14 categories of symptoms that I have already done. So if you want to go back and listen to a specific category of symptoms, hey, you can check it out. Number, number nine. Anxiety, the beast of benzo withdrawal. Number 10, insights on withdrawal. It was a conversation with Elizabeth McCarthy. She was my very first guest on the podcast, and I was grateful for her for coming on the show. Number 11 was benzo belly, our gut and withdrawal. That, I think, is still the most listened to episode of the podcast. Number 12 is conversation with a caregiver. That was an interview with my wife on what it was like um, living with somebody going through benzo withdrawal, and what are some points and some tips for people who are dealing with that? Number 13, benzo bad guys, anger, aggression, depression, and obsession, part of the 14-part series on symptoms. Number 14, finding faith, hope, and acceptance in benzo withdrawal, a conversation with Jennifer Lee. Number 15, the dangers of benzodiazepine use in the elderly. Number 16, the assault on our senses, benzo withdrawal symptoms of the eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. 17, benzo brain, cognitive dysfunction and memory loss and withdrawal. 18, the science of benzos, GABA and glutamate. 19, relationships, intimacy, and sex in benzo withdrawal. Yes, I went down that road. <laughs> Number 20, unsteady, unintelligible, and unyielding head and neck symptoms of benzo withdrawal. 21, dialogue with a doctor. 21 and 22 were both dialogue with the doctor, conversation with Dr. Stephen Wright. That was a great interview. I love that one. So go back and check it out if you haven't. 23, perpetual motion madness, excitability symptoms of benzo withdrawal. 24, cardiopulmonary consternation. This is when I was having fun with alliteration. <laughs> Heart and lung symptoms of benzo withdrawal. 25, that was that retrospect I did. A look back the first 25 episodes. 26, pioneering benzo, actually 26 and 27 is a two-part one, Pioneering Ben's Awareness, my interview with podcaster Geraldine Burns, an advocate. 28, Loss of Reality, Perception Symptoms. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have tongue-tie on this, aren't I? 
28, loss of reality. Perception, perception, that's my problem is perception symptoms of benzo withdrawal. 29, tight, tense, and twitching muscular symptoms of benzo withdrawal. 20, uh, 30 and 31 are two parts, top 20 symptoms to remember in benzo withdrawal. 32, the restless pursuit of rest, insomnia in benzo withdrawal. 33, sight, sounds, and sensitivities, nerve sensations. 34, quick questions about anxiety, insomnia, benzos, and withdrawal. 35, my first road trip one, Kansas City road trip, benzo warnings, isolation, gratitude, and more. 36, interminable isolation social symptoms in benzo withdrawal. I'll speed this up a little bit. This is getting long. <laughs> 37 and 38, coping skills from A to Z, a two-part one. 39 and 40, conversations with filmmaker Holly Hardman, part one and two. And by the way, that is actually, her film is finally going to be released and is premiering in June of this year, I believe at, oh, can I pull it from my brain? Oh, brain, you can do this. Berkshire. International Film Festival or Berkshire Film Festival. Berkshire, I think, is where it is. Um, so check that out. 41 and 42, how to taper from benzos. 43, immune and endocrine symptoms. 44 and 45, conversation with Dr. Christy Huff. 46, symptoms, sensitivities, and uplifting stories. 47, on the road with benzos, part one. And 48, on the roads with benzos, part two. 49, the pelvic problem. Benzo symptoms of the pelvis and lower abdomen. 50 was a holiday episode. Glad tidings, good feelings, and gratitudes. 51, conversation with filmmaker Lynn Cunningham of Medicating Normal. And 52, followed on that, was conversation with Angela Peacock on Benzo's Veterans and the film Medicating Normal. Online or offline was number 53, managing triggers in Benzo withdrawal. 54 was hope, wellness, and renewal. A conversation with Bayless at Frederick, and that carried over into 55. 56 was the smile episode. Stories and other stuff to brighten your day. That was kind of fun. 57, 60 years of benzos, a brief walk through history. 58, tips about talking with benzos with doctors, therapists, family, and friends. That's a good one. Hopefully that provides some information. 59, questions, comments, and a few answers about benzo dependence and withdrawal. That was a Q&A one. 60, I came back to benzo belly, our gut and withdrawal, take two. So that was another one on benzo belly since that one was a very popular topic. 61, anxiety benzos and a virus that was dealing with COVID at the beginning when it first kicked off along with benzos. 62, seven little known symptoms of benzo withdrawal. 63, rapid fire Q&A on benzos, anxiety and withdrawal. 64, surviving isolation, benzo withdrawal in chaotic times. 65, Benzos 101, a return to the basics of withdrawal. 66, questions, comments, and a few answers about benzo dependence and a withdrawal take two, because we did that before. 67, anger and irritability in benzo withdrawal. 68, story successes and easing symptom severity. That was actually, 68 was the first podcast episode I did with video. 69 was benzo pharmacology, dependence and advocacy. This was a beginning of a two-part, 69 and 70, with Dr. Robert Valick, who was the who was the head of the Colorado Consortium for Prescription Drug Abuse and Prevention, the, 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 which I work for. That's the, the Benzo Action Work Group is part of that organization. 71, benzo mornings, anxiety symptoms and loneliness. That was a pretty successful one. People seem to relate to benzo mornings, and I know how that feels. 72 was a live chat with D. That was actually a live recorded um, podcast. 
73 was benzo brain cognitive symptoms in withdrawal. 74, benzo mornings with D, another live one. That one wasn't released on the podcast carriers, but is available on YouTube. 75 is benzo withdrawal symptoms, questions, confusion, obsession. 76 on the road with benzos. Number four, because I did a lot of on the roads. <laughs> I kept traveling for those of you who don't, haven't tuned in, but I was traveling back and forth to Kansas City with my parents, of course. And before that, I was doing a couple of travel for just leisure. But around this time, it was a lot of traveling to Kansas City for my parents. And I was taking my recorder with me and recording some on the road stuff. So that was that was 76. 77, what's new in the Benzo community? Stories, events, and advocacy. 78, our mailbag. That was all mailbag, tapering, TMJ, and trusting yourself. 79, driving on Benzos. Is it safe? Is it legal? That was an interesting one. We go back to COVID on 80, COVID and benzos, immunity, vaccines, and symptoms. 81, on the road again, progress and protracted withdrawal. 82, our mailbag, tears, fears, and healing. 83, road trip. Hey, we're back on the road again. Post-withdrawal effects on our lives. 84, when the rain falls, enduring benzo withdrawal. That was a good one. Um, I keep saying that was a good one, like, you know, I'm talking about my own podcast. It feels weird for me to say that was a good one. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I should have a lot more humility because I don't know that that was a good one. I have to go back and listen to it. But I'm hoping you guys like some of these. I'm not saying that with any arrogance. I hope you know that. I'm just saying when I say that was a good one, I enjoyed that one or I enjoyed recording that one. So hopefully that you know what I mean there. Oh, 85, we decided to do Benzo Trivia. I just kind of asked questions on Benzo Trivia. That was a fun one. See, I can say that. That was fun for me. <laughs> 86, our mailbag. We went to back to the mailbag and did muscles tapering and lawsuits. 87, we did insights from Ireland, a conversation with Dr. Colin Bradley, a two-part conversation, 87 and 88 there. Um, really good interview. 89 was benefits, severity, calm, and intimacy recorded live. I recorded that one live. 90, surviving setbacks and benzo withdrawal. We're almost there, folks. 91, a day in the life of protracted withdrawal. 92, what's new in the Benzo community? 93, holiday podcast live part one, continued on to number 94, part two. 95, top five questions and a few answers. Top five Benzo questions. 96, a psychiatrist perspective conversation with Dr. Alexis Ridvo, part one and part two on 97. 98, our mailbag, setback, symptoms, stories, and success. And episode 99 was benzodiazepine-induced neurological dysfunction or bind and introduction. Whew. Okay, that probably took a little bit longer than I said it was going to. That probably took about 10 minutes or something. Well, forget about that whole three-minute lead in there. But um, I don't know. I thought that was kind of nice to go back and, and review that. So if you saw, listen to something in there and you want to check it out, please go check it out. Just so you know. If you're looking to um, see the complete list of all of our 100 episodes, best place to do that still, honestly, is at benzofree.org, our old site. If you go there, go to the features menu at the top, click on Benzofree Podcast, and then click on Podcast Archives as a submenu. That Podcast Archives sheet um, page lists all of our, our episodes. And you could just do a word search on there and find what you're looking for. That's the best place. Again, we're migrating those over to the new site. They're just not, not every episode is on easing anxiety yet. We're going to get those there. The next 100 episodes, see, we just, we just closed out the previous 100. What about the next 100? First, the podcast. No worries. It ain't going nowhere. 
Um, we'll still produce an episode every month around the first as our scheduled one, but we might be sneaking in some special episodes now and then in addition to those. So, you know, please keep an eye out for maybe a live event or stuff in between. I have some ideas. More conversations coming soon too. I, I like that term better than interviews. Interviews sound so formal, but more interviews coming, including our next episode, which is an interview, and I've already recorded that one, and that one will be released on June 1st. Oh, I'm recording, releasing that one. I recorded it in advance because I'm going on vacation. Yes, I'm going on a vacation. <laughs> I haven't done that in over two years, in part because of the caring for my parents. Shan and I are taking a semi-vacation the end of May. Um, by, by semi, I mean there are meetings I still have to attend to, so I still have to work part of it um, with the work group and such. Um, but a vacation nonetheless. I have uh, my cousin's son is getting married in Wisconsin in early June, and we're going to travel to the upper Midwest um, before we go to the wedding and see some of the sites, and we're looking forward to that. And on these trips, you know, we might even, we might even just stop by and see a few Benzo friends. Wouldn't that be cool? Back on back to the website, just so you know, it's been a long time coming, um, but it's my goal in the summer to get the transition from benzofree.org to easinganxiety.com finalized and finally be done with it. There's still a lot of work to do, but I'm getting there, and that's what loading some of those archive videos is, a part, is, a, is about. And of course, you know, the other thing I have in my life is the Benzodiazepine Action Work Group, which takes up about probably 50% of my time these days. Um, we're doing that peer support curriculum training program, developing that right now, and I'm in three or four meetings a week on that alone, and then doing other work on it and trying to coordinate things and have that happen. And we actually have a lunch and learn session coming up, in case you didn't know, um, prescriber ed session. This is actually geared towards medical professionals. This is sponsored by the Benzodiazepine Action Work Group at the Colorado Consortium for Prescription Drug Abuse Prevention. Um, but it's starting on the first Tuesday of May and running four Tuesdays in a row. I will put a link to that here on this in the show notes, like I always do. If you want to learn more, there's a web page. It's free and open to anybody that wants to sign up for it. I am teaching the third session along with Christy Huff, MD. The two of us are, have developed that module of the four modules, and we're teaching that one. Um, and that's coming up next month. So that's kind of exciting. But it is geared more towards medical professionals. It is a CME certified class. Uh, it's continuing medical education CME class. But it's more geared towards medical professionals. But if you're interested in that, please check out the link um, in our show notes. And you can learn more about that. Okay, so I got to slow down here. Oh, I think I was trying to cram a lot in. And that was a long introduction. I am sorry about that. But... I think I just wanted to, I wanted to let you know that I am working hard trying to improve the support we do, trying to raise more awareness, trying to educate. We're just, we're trying to take this at every angle we can and do what we can. So I just like to share that with you sometimes, and I hope that was okay. Today for our format, we will start off with an introduction which you just heard, and then move on to our feature, which is success stories of Benzo withdrawal for our 100th episode. But before we do that, don't forget we'd love to hear from you. Comment on our videos on YouTube, on our podcast posts, or via our feedback form on our website at easinganxiety.com feedback. And while you're there, perhaps you might want to subscribe to our mailing list to learn about all these new things coming, and even donate to the support and work we do. Trust me, every little bit helps. And remember, 
The Benzo Free Podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. All right. Finally, now we get to move on to our feature. You know, a while back, I asked the listeners what we should do for our 100th episode, and, and this idea came in from Ed, and, and I thought it was the perfect solution. Ed writes, Hi, D. I think you should dedicate the whole 100th episode to success stories. Those are really inspirational to those suffering. I know they were for me. Keep up the good work, Ed. So I know I hogged um, a little bit of time with my intro, <laughs> or a lot of time with my intro, but now for the rest of the podcast, we are going to hear 100% Benzo success stories. Well, almost. Our first story is a success story in my opinion, but many of you might feel differently. I'll let you decide. Now, most of these are new, but I think one of them might be one you've heard before in a previous episode. I do need to state a caution statement here. Some of these stories can be triggering for some. Even if they end happily or more successfully, getting there could be very difficult. So if this is a problem for you, please go to our chapter list, find a way to skip over and skip to a different story or skip ahead to the end of the podcast if you'd like to. Like I said, the first story is not technically a success story. Cam is not healed yet. And has lost his job, his girlfriend, and more. Yeah, I know that sounds um, not like a good start. But there's something else here that makes this a success story in my book. And that is hope. So many of us lose hope during this process. And can't find that mindset, that acceptance, that attitude that helps us get through the dark days and nights. Cam has found it. And wanted to share it. And I'd like to share it with you. And like I said earlier, if you're easily triggered, you might want to skip this one. If not, listen in. Take heed. There, there's wisdom in these words. This is from Cam in Ontario, Canada. My name is Cam. And I've been listening to your podcast for almost a year. I put it on every night as part of my mental health treatment. I've listened to each episode over three to five times, and, and it's just hearing your voice, Dee, which has been so helpful in relaxing my mental state. My story starts during COVID, in which I lost my job and my ability to provide for my family, and thus affecting every part of my mental and physical health. I ended getting a spinal injury that led me to only be able to work part-time, thus led me down a road of addiction. I started doing street drugs. Cocaine, amphetamines, you name it. I was on them for almost a year. It was all to erase the chronic pain caused by a herniated disc. It allowed me to survive, but it did not last long. Next thing I knew, I couldn't sleep for days which led me to the ER and into the depths of hell, benzodependence. They prescribed me Ativan 2 milligrams, and at first it felt like a miracle drug. And I was able to sleep and abstain from all the other street drugs, but I was never warned of dependence and the hell that these drugs would bring along to me. 
I started updosing as it made me feel better in regards to my chronic pain, and in six months I was up to four milligrams without any knowledge of what withdrawal would be like. I eventually ran out of my script before my renewal, and that's when I learned the hell I was in from going online and doing my own research. Insomnia, pain, inner vibrations, tinnitus. I mean, at that time, I didn't even know what that was. And eventually I came upon your podcast. And it taught me that all these were just symptoms. And I had hope I could push through. But I needed a plan. I went to my GP and told him I gotta get off. And we eventually decided on a slow taper. He switched me to Valium, which is what I'm on now. Man, it, it has not been easy. But I am down to 5 milligrams of Valium. And listening to your podcast has given me so much hope. Just the way you talk and the positivity of the knowledge you have given me. In regards to the Ashton Manual, it has been my Bible. The worst has been the muscle aches and pains. And the spasms I get when I'm tapering is enough to make me want to jump in a pool and float in zero gravity. But like you said, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I will continue to persevere. Thank you so much for what you do, man. You kind of saved my life. I wish you the best and sending you all the blessing with what you have personally gone through this year with your family as well. I have lived through your struggles and has helped me become a stronger man. I've lost my job, my girlfriend, my self-esteem. But I've never lost hope. And I will persevere. Sorry, just a second here. Oh, that one got to me when I put it in my script and it got to me again when I read it. Thank you, Cam. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, wow. What a story. But I shared this one because that element at the end there. He has hope. Cam knows he will persevere. That is a state of mind that so many of us have a lot of difficulty finding, reaching, getting to. That state of acceptance, that state of hope, that state of, I'm going to get through this, this has happened to me, Get past, getting past the anger and getting into the, okay, I'm here, this happened, what do I do next? That's the state of hope. That's the state of acceptance that I see so many people not have at the beginning, but and then they finally reach and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. This is still really hard, but I can do this. And that's why to me, this is a message of hope. It's a message of success because I believe Cam's attitude is going to take him through this and he's going to be so very successful. Thanks, Cam. I really appreciate you sharing that one. That was a, a great story for today. This next story comes from Susanna in Arizona. Susanna's story is in three parts, and she first wrote this um, first one to me in April of 2020. She said, I'm still in isolation 10 months after sudden withdrawal. My prescribing doctor would not taper after 40 years of benzodiazepine scripts. I lost all physical abilities except breath 
for many days. Your podcast is necessary. Hopefully, this podcast will grow and bring about humanitarian change in the healthcare industry. When the medical professional credo says, do no harm, sudden withdrawal is a very cruel prescription. Thank you. Susanna followed up with the following email a few days later. Hello, D. Wonderful to receive your response. This is my first written communication since June of 2019. Typed communication. I'm into, quote, kindergarten recovery phase. Muscle spasms still lock my fingers, but I'm grateful to be able to poke at the keys. Inability to speak, tongue-tied, sleeplessness, two to three hours in a 24-hour period. Cognition, foggy, scattered. Light, sounds startle me. I grew up in Manhattan. Nothing startled my senses. The information, interviews, writings, film links, your voice are enlightening and encouraging. Many thanks to you and yours, Susanna. And then Susanna provided a wonderful update in February of 2021. She said, Hello, Dee. Thank you for being the comforting voice of truth, reason, and encouragement to those suffering from iatrogenic illness, inflicted upon them by the very professionals whose oath it is to do no harm. I am 18 months post-acute withdrawal grateful for surviving multiple seizures, grand and small. The pandemic presented little panic to me after experiencing acute withdrawal completely alone. Each month of healing and isolation has given my central nervous system time to recover naturally. I thank God. Bless you and yours, Susanna. Oh, thank you, Susanna. Um... I love where you've gotten to. That is just great. Surviving the seizures, a granite small, it's amazing. But healing and isolation and allowing your body time to recover naturally, that is such a great thing to bring up. And subject is, is just allowing that body of ours to heal. And allowing us to heal, it takes so freaking long. But it's what this process is, is that healing. You're right about I loved your line about <laughs> medical professional credo, do no harm. So sudden withdrawal is a very cruel prescription. That's a good way of putting it. And so many of us have had similar interactions with the medical community. Thanks, Susanna. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And thanks for letting me share it here on the podcast. This next one comes from Connie in Oregon. And Connie's success story um, is similar to Cam's and where she found a, an excellent mindset to help her get through the toughest of challenges. Connie sent this first email me, to me back in February of 2020, she writes. I just discovered the podcast and website last week when looking up symptoms for Benzo Belly. Once I found it, I browsed the resources and have now listened to two podcasts, the one on sleep, very helpful last night, and the most recent one, which I enjoyed a lot. I'm going to buy the book as soon as I send this. You're, you're doing great work, and it's obvious that you're helping many people with something that's hard to understand and difficult to experience. 
I feel less isolated as a result of stumbling onto the website and a little surprised that I had not seen it earlier, given how often in the past five years I have searched for information about benzo withdrawal. I'm starting my second week off benzos completely, and along with the short weaning process, it's been quite an adventure. You're helping me beat the fear and find ways to be positive. Thank you. Connie wrote back in December of that same year, 11 months later, and, and shared this news with me. I'm still here, reading your emails and looking at the YouTube videos for easing anxiety, which I have shared with a few people. My final completed benzo wean, fourth attempt to get off temazepam, was done by substituting it for a similar dose of citalopram, starting in January, and then rather quickly reducing the dosage. Your book was my constant companion and guide. I finished on February 8th of this year, had a tough time for several weeks, mentally and physically. By the time self-isolation started in mid-March, I was doing okay, sleeping better, and thinking more clearly. At some point, the IBS I have had for years really flared up, bad enough to interfere with sleep, and, and sometimes almost constant. Your two podcasts on Benzo Gut really helped me feel less alone. I'm positive it's part of PAUSE, post-acute withdrawal syndrome, and my doctor gave me an antispasmodic to try and control it. I eliminated some things from my diet, one at a time for weeks at a time, but nothing helped. And recently I think things may be calming down a bit. My mind is clearer and sharper all the time. The wean worked well for me, and your book and podcast made me feel connected to others and reduced my fears. I already meditated regularly, and that helped too. I am beyond grateful for the gentle, caring support I got from your podcast and book. I don't listen as much as I used to, but that's because I'm doing so well. Thank you. Wow. Um, oh, thank you, Connie. Oh, it's great to hear this story, and I love hearing the success like that. Just to hear you at that last part when you say, I don't listen as much as I used to, but that's because I'm doing so well. <laughs> that just makes me feel so great. I love it when people stop listening to the podcast because they've healed. I That's all I wish for everyone. That's all I wish for everyone. I have no problem with that, and I am glad that that's the case. I am so happy for you that you're starting to do better. I know the benzo belly is still causing some problems, but I know that's also starting to ease, and the fact that your mental faculties have returned is just amazing. The, I'm just so... So glad that you shared that with us and so glad to see the progress that you and others on this podcast are, are making. So, And our last story is from Broomfield, Colorado. This is our 100th episode and I thought nothing would be more fitting than to update you on the very first Benzo story I shared on this podcast. Episode 2, My Benzo Story. <laughs> this is my story and I just wanted to give you an update on how I'm doing. I know I do that on every podcast a little bit, but I just wanted to kind of say where I'm at. I'm over seven and a half years benzo-free. Um, come this August, I will be eight years. 
for those that don't know, just because you've just tuned in, I was on clonazepam for 12 years from 1 to 2 milligrams, tapered slowly over 18 months, and I've been benzo-free for seven and a half years. I had a variety of symptoms, probably over 40 of them, um, all kinds of severe ones. I wish I could say I'm symptom-free, but I'm not. I think you know that. But I am living a really good life. I love what I'm doing here. I love working with you all. I'm excited about the changes we're making and improvements we're making in all different areas. And it may not seem like a lot's happening, but there's a lot happening. There's just a lot to do. And that's the problem is that it's an uphill battle and it's going to take us a while. But we've gotten to a stage or I've gotten to a stage where I am nearly fully functional most of the time. I still don't think I could go back and do database programming in IT because my cognitive difficulties and memory difficulties that I still have some of get worse under pressure. And that's one of the downsides I have right now. And that makes it a little harder for me to go back to the IT of a high-pressure job. But here's the good thing. Most of the time, I'm still thinking pretty well. But I also want to share with people that, as I've said many times on this, I made some mistakes. I took a fluoroquinolone during my taper, which could have caused neuropathy and really complicated my situation. I updosed at one point. I did a lot of things. My diet's not been great lately, and I had an extremely stressful year last year with my parents. So all that combined, I'm doing pretty well. And I found a new life and a new chapter, and I'm happy. I am happy. So, I don't know that we can return. I don't know how often we return to the person we were before. And maybe that's all we want. And, and I get that. I understand that. But there's another option. There's a plan B. And plan B can be find the new you. The improved you. The you that learned lessons and made the best use of the time during benzo withdrawal. I shouldn't still be using that term, but during bind, <laughs> for using that term more often. But during this time, to improve your life and improve the life of those around you. And if you can focus on that, you can take this time and have something positive, something forward-focused, and something beautiful come out of it, despite the manure and mud that it was growing in. It's a flower. It's a flower. It's a plant. It takes manure to grow a beautiful flower. Wow, that was terrible. <laughs> One thing I haven't learned is how to have a better, <laughs> a, a better mind for making, uh, for making, for for even knowing what word to say here at the end. <laughs> oh my God, I'm in my head thinking, okay, this is oh, this is going to be a cool analogy. Here he's going. It's like, oh my God, and then I say it, it's like, God, that sucks. <laughs> it's like, sorry about that. I don't know if it sucked. I don't, but I know it wasn't good. And sorry, I was spitball in there and I came up with something, but there is some relation there. And that is 
we have to kind of dig through the crap, you know, to find the sunshine. So it's up there. It's there, and you kind of have to get through it and get to it. But I know a lot of people who have had success. We've read some of those here, and we've read some of those in past episodes. And it gets better. This is temporary. It's a long temporary for some of us. But it is temporary. We do improve, and we get better. Well, I hope that was encouraging. Um, success stories are good to share, and um, and I hope that they helped you, and I hope that ended on a good note. And, you know, and since here at the end, since we opened with a clip from our very first episode, I think it's only appropriate to close with the closing also from that first episode. But before we do that, please allow me just 25 seconds for our disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical, health, or psychological advice, nor any other kind of personal professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering on any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org slash disclaimer. And now, a few closing words from our very first episode over three years ago. Thank you for joining me today. I'd like to leave you with just a few words to think about. And they are this. Be kind. To yourself. To those you love. To everyone. Have a good day.